This is the weekend edition of Fear and Greed, Australia's most popular business podcast. I'm Michael Thompson and good morning, Sean Aylmer. Good morning, Michael. I'm very, very keen to get on with this weekend edition. I reckon I got it in the bag. Oh, see, this is what you say every week. You're a very mm. confident fella. Uh, cocky even. Yeah, you know, I wasn't going to say that, but yes, I, I would agree with it. I wouldn't say it. Now, of course, our, our weekend show is different, very, very different to our weekday mm. show. So it's, it is all about the two of us each nominating what we think is the biggest story of the week and the most remarkable story, the sleeper story and our favorite story. And really what started out as, as just kind of a wrap of the week's news evolved alarmingly quickly into just a, a full frontal competition. Dogfight between you and me. That's right. Full frontal is probably not the right word nah, to use nah. to describe the competition, but we're going to roll with it. And, of course, we need to bring in an adjudicator because we cannot decide and it's, it would not be fair to judge ourselves. Our fear and greed colleague, Adam Lang, is our very fair-minded adjudicator every week. Adam, good morning. Good morning. Mostly fair-minded. Can I just drop that in? Well, it depends whether I win or lose, whether I think Adam's fair-minded, to be <laughs> yes. honest. Yeah, well, I'll ask you again in 15 minutes whether you still believe him to be fair-minded. Are you feeling fair-minded, Adam? Yes, the scales of justice are balanced. Are they blindfolded? I feel like you should have to do this blindfolded. <laughs> just so. Good idea. Not yet. Can I try it for next week? And considering you're, you're actually physically taking notes as well and, and giving us a score, if you were blindfolded, I would love to see the notes afterwards. <laughs> just kind of scrawled like a kindergartner has, has been <laughs> sitting in judgment of us. Couldn't read them back. No, no, indeed. All right. Well, let's jump into it. I'm going to kick us off this week, if that's all right, Sean. Yeah, go for it. The biggest story of the week for me this week was a major breakthrough in Canberra with the Greens backing the government's climate change legislation. So basically, this means a 43% reduction in Australia's carbon emissions by 2030. It is the biggest story of the week for a few reasons. Number one, it might be the beginning of the end of the climate wars, which is a pretty, actually a very ugly dispute that's engulfed politics for the last decade or two and has been around for a lot longer, really. The second reason it is such a big story is it essentially sets a minimum for future negotiations, which might help appease some of the Greens and independents' concern that the legislation doesn't go far enough. So this this really does kind of just signal the starting point for it. Number three, the third reason that this is the biggest story of the week, and particularly the biggest story in a business podcast, is that this finally gives the business community some certainty. They've got a, a framework now in which to operate, to invest, and for any companies looking to the future, any companies that are looking ahead, not just the carbon intensive ones, that is really, really important. And how about that for a business link? Last week, I was criticized for, for perhaps not doing enough to link my stories back to business. Gave it everything I had today. Mm, not bad. Not bad. I don't want to concede, right? <laughs> It is against your very nature, isn't it? Yeah, I won't concede, but I do agree that is a massive story. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to do the old omnibus because I need something pretty special to beat that particular story. So the biggest story of the week is interest rates and you know another rate rise from the Reserve Bank and what it's doing to house prices. So we found out this week the Reserve Bank of Australia lifted the official cash rate by half a percentage point. That's four increases in a row in total. That's 1.75 percentage points more 
than a little over three months ago. That's an extra $708 a month in repayments on a $750,000 loan. Wow, that's huge. The bank just keeps lifting interest rates. Why? To keep a check on inflation. It wants to get inflation back to the 2 to 3% range over time. It also wants to keep the economy on an even keel. So that's part of the story. But the other part, which clearly makes this the biggest <laughs> story of the week, is the data on house prices we got this week. Home prices in capital cities, the fall in home prices in capital cities accelerated during July with drops in five of the eight capital cities. Not good news for homeowners. On average, prices fell by 1.4% last month across Australia's capital cities, though Sydney and Melbourne, the two biggest markets, along with Hobart, did worse. Prices fell 2.2% in Sydney. It was the sixth monthly decline in a row, and the pace of falls are accelerating as a result of the May rate hike. Massive news, huge news, interest rates, house prices, the biggest story of the week, he says with his fingers crossed, hopefully not really sure. I don't think repeating the words massive news, huge news, biggest news necessarily makes it the biggest story. No, no, I think think Adamski is quite easy to sway. All right, well, let's see. Did it work? Did it work, Adam? Come on. Well, Sean, you did sound something like an auctioneer in bringing that, <laughs> that story home. Yeah. Well, they, see, I, I was living the story. I was living the story. You could feel your hands moving. Um, it is a big story. Interest rate rise and house price drops. It is massive. But I think this week, and I know it's just through the lower house, it's still got the Senate to go. But the fact that we've got some clarity coming through the lower house and that it passed the climate legislation... I think it's a massive relief and it's been so long coming. So I'm awarding this one to Michael. I have no argument on that. I'm not even going to throw a protest in. Normally I would. but <laughs> I've got to say, Sean, your your presentation of that one nearly convinced me. It was good. It was just and the omnibus edition. Sean Bombastic Aylmer. I think that climate change legislation, we've been looking for that for years. So, yeah, happy to concede that one. All right, most remarkable, what have you got for us? Most remarkable, well, what it is, is actually the death of Ayman al-Zawahiri. Now, I lived in the US immediately after the 9-11 attacks back in 2001, and the most wanted person, the person who was always in the news, was this Ayman al-Zawahiri, more so than Osama bin Laden at times, because this man was the financier of the 9-11 attacks. He was the deputy to Osama bin Laden, or he was Osama bin Laden's boss, depending on who was telling the story. This man is responsible for nearly 3,000 deaths in the 9-11 attacks, plus hundreds of deaths otherwise. He's been on the run for 21 years. He had a $25 million price tag on his head. It is incredible that the world's greatest military machine hasn't been able to find him looking nonstop for 21 years. Anyway, this week, President Joe Biden confirmed the death of al-Zawahiri. He was Egyptian-born. He became a doctor. He came from a very prominent family. He founded the Egyptian Islamic Jihad that emerged with al-Qaeda in 1998. He has been probably the most wanted person for 20 years. And this week, US drones shot him dead. Remarkable that he's lived for so long and remarkable that he's now died. Michael. 
I agree. That is a remarkable story. And my story is actually kind of along a similar kind of theme in that I'm kind of looking abroad for this one. The, the most remarkable story for me throughout the week really is the the very sharply dramatic increase in geopolitical tension following US House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's visit to Taiwan. The, the visit obviously infuriated Beijing, which of course believes that Taiwan is part of China. The response was dramatic. The military aircraft taking to the skies, live fire military drills kind of right around Taiwan, commercial airlines being told to avoid the area, Beijing kind of banning a whole lot of products and companies from Taiwan. Prime Minister Anthony Albanese has now had to walk a pretty fine line when he was asked about it this week. And as Nine's Chris Yulman put it this week when, when he spoke to you, Sean, it really kind of leaves Australia between a rock and a hard place. And he said that that is something that we better get used to because that's where we operate now with our major trading partner, furious with our strongest ally. Uh, and, and I don't know, I, it feels to me like this one incident this week has made the world a more dangerous place. And that to me is pretty remarkable. Can I just add, Damsky, before you jump in, mm. so your story is about the world becoming a more dangerous place and my story is about the world becoming a safer place. There you go. Yeah. 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 Not trying to sway you, Adam. Not trying to sway you. No, the um, they're both incredible, both remarkable. I think, you know, alongside the war that's ongoing in Ukraine, what's happening in Taiwan now is absolutely remarkable and serious. And it feels like we are going to have to get used to it, which is a horrifying prospect. But I think this week, Sean, you win it because Eamon Al-Zawahiri for 20 years plus has been on the run from the world's biggest economy and superpower and he's he's finally been gotten and I, I just think that is so remarkable after all that time. So it's a win to you on this one, Sean. All right, we are heading into halftime one all. We'll be back in a moment with the sleeper story of the week. All right, Sean, we're looking for the sleeper story. So that is maybe one that's not getting the attention that it deserves, which is certainly the story that I've chosen, or one that you think is going to become a bigger issue down the track. What was it for you? Well, mine's actually the ultimate sleeper story, literally, because no one reported on it. Basically, the New South Wales government will adopt all 19 recommendations of the Bergen Inquiry into the gaming sector. It'll also introduce additional measures, people didn't expect that, to strengthen casinos' compliance requirements, including some of the recommendations from the Victorian Royal Commission. That'll hit the star and it'll hit Crown Resorts. Now, it came out, this announcement actually came out in a press release at 7.31pm on Tuesday night. The only reason I found it was that the star's share price the next day moved. So I thought, what's going on there? So I read the releases from the star to the ASX. And in that, they had actually put out a release saying, hey, did anyone know this came out last night? No one's talking about it. And this is what it said. Incredible, like a total sleeper story for for a story that for two or three years has been grabbing headlines, be that the Bergen Inquiry in New South Wales or Royal Commissions in Victoria and Western Australia, to for the New South Wales government, which I must say had its own strife this week over the John Barillaro stuff, to put that out and get no coverage is extraordinary. I mean, the new New South Wales Independent Casino Commission will have powers to fund operators up to $100 million. 
It'll be able to hold individual board members and executives liable for serious wrongdoing. Who'd want to be on the board of a casino group? This all came out. No one has spoken about it. The ultimate sleeper story. Michael. That is a very good one. And in order to beat it, I am going to have to look to the skies, to the stars, and just go as far out as I possibly can. The sleeper story for me this week was one that didn't get as much coverage as you would expect. It, it, to me, that is, it is really, really surprising considering it involves Elon Musk, his company SpaceX, and a sheep paddock in New South Wales. Oh, because we always talk about sheep paddocks in New South Wales. We You're always right. talk about Elon Musk, and suddenly <laughs> we've got a link to our own country with Elon Musk and SpaceX. It's got all the ingredients of the perfect story, and the fact that we haven't talked about it much is just, oh, sleeper story, winner. Pieces of a SpaceX spacecraft have been found in the New South Wales Snowy Mountains. And I'm not just talking like small bits, like size of a coin or something. One of them is about three meters long and it speared straight into the ground like a javelin in the middle of this paddock. These are the largest pieces of space junk to land in Australia in more than 40 years since Skylab broke up over WA. Skylab. Mm. For, well, so Adam's from Western Australia, so nice link. That's, <laughs> That's good. Right. That's smooth. Skylab. Yeah. I don't even, you weren't born when Skylab hit the ground. No, but I have read a lot about it because I love space. I remember sitting in class and we used to kind of try and take the mickey out of the teachers wearing helmets, explaining to the teachers that Skylab was coming and we were scared. <laughs> Next week it's a foil hat. Yes, yes. <laughs> Uh, anyway, anyway, go on, go on. <laughs> Sorry, I've distracted myself. Locals in the Snowy Mountains region of New South Wales heard a large boom last month, which was thought to have been caused by the SpaceX Dragon spacecraft re-entering the atmosphere. And now, piece by piece, they're finding it in paddocks around the area. They found three pieces now. The Australian Space Agency, and how cool is that that we have our own space agency? The Australian Space Agency confirmed that the pieces belong to SpaceX. The best part of it is we are being warned that there might actually be more. Oh, I'm going to get that. I'm going to get that helmet back out. Absolutely. Bust out your helmet, <laughs> head to the Snowy Mountains, get your metal detector out, and, and you're not looking for gold. You're looking for pieces of SpaceX. How good is that? Fantastic. And no one's been talking about it. And you see, we've spent the last four and a half minutes talking about it. This is something that excites people. We've lost our audience, Michael. Yeah, but you got me. <laughs> and I think we've got Adam. Am, am I right? Give us an answer. Uh, Sean wins on this one. Oh, and yeah. the reason is... Um, <laughs> it barely needs a reason, really. <laughs> I think it was, <laughs> it was pretty much guaranteed. <laughs> Sean's story wasn't reported. It was nowhere. And the ramifications are so serious. And I, I'm just sort of waiting for all the directors around the country to go and get up in arms about the consequences. And it, it's incredible. So the fact that it's not been reported, it has to come out. So I think it ticks the box on Sleeper's story. The, the ramifications serious. What can be more serious than a poor innocent sheep getting crushed by a piece <laughs> of a spaceship? <laughs> Do you know the cost of the price of lamb at the moment that's Goodness. right and it's, and it's largely because of the the space risk i am i am really worried though about stuff from the sky <laughs> maybe we should all get our helmets on perhaps right we get we, we we're getting silly here michael what was your favorite story of the week well i don't think this is going to make it any less silly really right. <laughs> right. <laughs> leading to my my favorite story of the week it's it's, I've looked for drama to see how I can finish today with a bit of drama because I know, Adam, you love drama. Mm. 
method acting in particular? The dramatic resolution to the courtroom battle between WA Premier ah, Mark McGowan yeah. and mining magnate Clive Palmer. The pair sued each other for defamation. This story has everything as well. The pair sued each other for defamation over a bunch of comments they made during the pandemic. A lot of it sparked by the dispute over WA's hard border. Was it worth it? No, it was not. Absolutely not. It was a waste of the federal court's time. This week, Mr. Palmer was awarded the princely sum of $5,000. Mr. McGowan won a counterclaim of $20,000. Their legal bills are in the millions. Justice Michael Lee said, the game has not been worth the candle. And when you think, Adam, consider this for a moment, please. Adam, it is... WA taxpayers, oh, your family, Adam, your family, including members of your own extended family, who will be paying a large chunk of those legal fees. That is pretty galling, don't you think? But my favorite comment from the judge was actually about Clive Palmer. In talking about how much experience Mr. Palmer has had in this kind of litigation, the judge said this was evidently not his first experience in a witness box. He carried himself with the unmistakable aura of a man assured as to the correctness of his own opinions. It feels like Clive Palmer could have a future career in talkback radio. (laughs) Radio 6PR over there may be offering him something. That's Uh. right. That's right. Sean, over to you. Uh, That's very good. I mean, you are appealing to Adam's heart. Mm. I'm appealing to Adam's mind because he's an economist. Remember that. And really my favourite story of the week is all about economics, Adam. It's all these different indicators that people that are popping up really about how can we judge the economy. Now, there was a story in Bloomberg this week that talked about Federal Reserve Chair Alan Greenspan tracking men's spending habits on underwear. That was based on his thesis that they'll put off buying briefs when times got tough. There was also the lipstick index. There was the champagne index. There was a diaper, i.e. nappy index. You know, you buy more when times are good, less when times are bad. Not sure what happens to the babies in that instance. Favourite, of course, was the hemline index. Apparently, hemlines go up during bull runs. Times are good, hemlines go up, they go down during busts. That's why people in the Great Depression wore long dresses, apparently. And we were discussing this with our own Stephen Kukulis, who kind of came up with the cardboard box index. And my personal favourite, the Merulian truck stop index. That's Merulian is between Sydney and Melbourne. And trucks, the more trucks that stop there, the better the economy was going. There's also the story about the Reserve Bank governor that looked out the window in his Martin Place tower and just watched vessels coming in and out and seeing where how deep they were in the water. All these different indexes, just a cracking, cracking story to have to judge the economy. Mr. Ademski, Bachelor of Ek, go on. Oh, God. Great, great set of indices, particularly for an economist. Um, <laughs> underwear, hemlines, <laughs> lipstick. Yeah, that's my type of economics. <laughs> but Clive Palmer and Mark McGowan, what a ludicrous story. And the fact that the judge slammed them, and particularly Clive, I have to say that became my favourite story of the week too. So, Michael, you win that one. Was it the um, the 
probably slightly over the top references to WA and. Oh, did you mention Western Australia? <laughs> maybe, maybe I should have done it more. No. Oh, I didn't realize you'd done that. <laughs> Parochialism, I'm impervious <laughs> to it. Hold on. Does this mean, does this mean two all? It does. So we have to go to the count back. Yeah, the count back. Very, very high score points this week, gentlemen. Uh, we were both trying very hard. Mm. Yeah, Sean, in fact, you got two maximum points. Michael, you got one, but overall, Michael wins 95 to 93. I tell you what it does say, my other two stories must have been crap because I've got two maximums. <laughs> you did. <laughs> Thank you very much, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of this now. Yep, yep, yep. I think we've exceeded our time limit. Thank you very much. Great judging this week, Adam. Thank you. thank you, Michael. And thank you, Sean. Thank you very much, Michael. Less thanks to you, Adam. <laughs> Acknowledged, Sean. <laughs> Make sure you're following the podcast and join us online on LinkedIn, Twitter and Facebook. I'm Michael Thompson. Have a great weekend. 